So the problem with a will is it's just a legal document with your wants and wishes <laughs> that really gives direction in the court system to the judge of where those assets will go. It's the most basic form of um, you know estate planning, the easiest form, but it's not very comprehensive. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. One thing we haven't talked about a, a whole lot on the podcast is wills and trusts, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dedicate some time to telling you about why it's so important and what you need to know as a retiree about wills and trusts. We're going to go through a bunch of different uh, perspectives of that and some thoughts and and just give you some information that uh, that we think is important and that Mike thinks important and stuff that he works on with clients all the time when it comes to estate planning. So let me welcome in Mike Coyne, and he is founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. They have offices in Woodbury, Minnesota, also Hudson, Wisconsin, whatever's most convenient for you. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing awesome today, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I know uh, you're kind of missing summer. It's running out. and, and Yeah. And, but do you have anything coming up for winter? You got any plans? Going to get out of town at all? You know, we are. We're, going, we're planning to schedule something here um, in the winter sometime. Uh, to get probably do, down to Florida with with the family. So, All right. being that 2020 was the year that we had to cancel our vacation plans, we've had a couple nice vacations that were scheduled that were canceled. So, uh, it felt like a, an odd year not to go go anywhere. But we are going to do a family trip down to Florida sometime. We haven't got it scheduled yet, but probably South Florida. Um, We've been in that. We like the Gulf side typically, but yeah. we might go to Marco Island or you know Naples, somewhere in that area where it's a little bit warmer than northern Florida. Very nice. That'll be a fun trip, and I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that, get a little warm weather, get a little break from uh, the weather there in Minnesota and in Wisconsin coming up. So looking forward to that. A um, couple things we're going to get through today. We're obviously going to talk wills and trust uh, quite a bit. I've got some mailbag questions we might run through depending on how much time we have later on. But I got a little getting to know you question, Mike. I want to start things off with and uh, you know get the get to know you. We haven't done this in a little while, so <laughs> yeah. throw one your way that uh, and get your thoughts on on this one. I'm I'm very curious because we all have you know our pet peeves in life. But what's the one habit maybe that that some people have that just drives you absolutely crazy? Yeah, I, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, talking during movies. That <laughs> that is just my biggest. Uh, and having nine children. And diff, totally different personalities. Um, we have some of those in our household, so we make sure that it's it's not all about them. You know, they like to. You know, the the frustrating thing is when they've seen the movie and they say, "Oh, this is the the best part. You got to watch this," or "This is the funny part." But right. Uh, but even going to movie theaters, uh, people just have a problem. Just they they think that they're when they're talking, having a conversation that nobody else can hear. So, it's uh, I'm not the rude person where I'm. I'm telling them to be quiet. Sometimes we'll say the shh, you know, give them the shush kind of thing. But uh, uh, but definitely for my kids, I will pause the movie because we have the technology now with obviously if it's a DVD, pausing it or the DVR, we could pause it. So I will pause pause it and wait, let them get their conversation done with and then I'll restart it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I don't like missing key moments of the movies. I would imagine it takes a while to watch a movie then sometimes, huh? Oh yeah, sometimes we just had to stop it and say, "We'll watch this some other night." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one, and, and I always hate too when you somebody has their cell phone out in the theater as well. 
um, you know, it's just so distracting to see that light, that that screen just light up the, the room in, in your area. And they just, again, they think that it doesn't, you can't see it or, you know, you don't notice oh. it, but it's just so evident. Or the people who actually answer their phones in the movie theater oh, act like nobody can hear their conversation. It's ridiculous. When's so, the last time you went to a movie theater? Have you been since uh, everything started with the pandemic? Uh, no, it's, it's been probably since February. So I know the movie theater, the one we go to had opened up, but you know, all the movies have been postponed. So right. they're just rerunning past movies, which I have no interest to watch those ones right now. So we actually have our own big screen in our basement. That's one nice. thing that I've always wanted. So when we bought this house a couple of years ago, it had a perfect space to have it uh, with no windows, dark kind of area of the basement. And we have a 10 foot uh, projector screen uh, there. And I, that was my kind of my, my first things we did first uh, alteration to this house and, and put in nine theater seats down in the basement. So big game, game days and uh, movie theaters. It's it's very fun nice. to be down there. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, let's get into our main topic today. Let me remind you, too, you can find information on this this podcast and all of our podcasts, everything we talk about, online at principalpreservationservices.com. You can also call uh, Principal Preservation Services directly at 855-987-8888 in case you want to discuss this topic further with Mike. But we're going to dive into wills and trusts. You know, People often are overlooking the estate planning side of preparing for retirement. You know, there are a lot of misunderstandings mm-hmm. about trusts and wills and the roles that they play in the equation. So, you know, on this episode, let's let's explore some of those critical questions you should ask about these strategies as you prepare for retirement. So, Mike, let's just start with an easy one. You know, why is this so important? You know, wills and trusts, this topic. Why is it so important? And who needs to know about this? Well, I think every every adult needs to know about this, but obviously the the older we the longer we live, the higher percentage chance that we're going to die sooner, right? So, we need to get this stuff talked about. And when you're a sound mind, we have to take uh consideration of getting these things uh, in right order. So, you know, I bring these up in my seminars all the time and uh, why it's so important because we we look at we do tax returns every year we review our, our life insurance we review our health insurance or get physicals every year and everything that we're doing upkeep on our on our house and looking at our retirement plans but a lot of people the thing that they don't want to talk about is when they're not here and you know when we all pass away what's what's set in place that's going to protect your state now this is everything you've worked for that usually is your state plan that has to do with you know, your house and your land and your your cars and your a lot of your your accounts and boats and you want to make sure things are going to be handled well and most people don't like to think about that or they you know a lot of people did a will 25 30 years ago when they were younger and they're gone on their first vacation and they had the kids were little and they want to make sure that Bobby and Susie were taken care of if if the plane crashed you know so they do things like that and they haven't looked at it for 25, 30, 35 years. They take those wills out of their safe or their file cabinet and they, they're just as crisp as they were when they put them in. So that's not estate planning. You know, it's not a set it and forget it type of, of attitude. You actually have to be looking at these, you know, every year or two years. Well, I know, you know, when you think about wills and trusts, I think a lot of times people are just confused on, you know, what's going to fit me best? What's the difference between the two? That sort of thing. So, you know, how does someone actually come to the answer and the conclusion on should I go with the will or should I go with the trust or can you go with both? Yeah, you can go with both. Um, well, let's start off first order business. If you have nothing, 
is called dine intestate is the legal term for that. And that just means you're under the intestacy laws of the state and whatever the what was passed by the state, how your state will be handled if you're gone. So I know in Minnesota, when Jesse Ventura was the governor here a couple decades ago, that he signed the intestacy laws in Minnesota. And the state will decide where your your property, your estate goes through. So that's something you don't want to leave in, in hands of somebody else. You want to designate who gets what and where. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about what you need. And most people believe, oh, I did a will and I think that's good enough. But you have to understand the limitations of what a will is. First of all, a will is just your legal, a legal document, of course, that's notarized and witnessed by two people stating your son mine. And what is really a will? It's just really your formal legal opinion of your where you want your your assets to go to, right? It's not an entity. So the problem with a will is it's just a legal document with your wants and wishes <laughs> that really gives direction in the court system to the judge of where those assets will go. It's the most basic form of um, you know estate planning, the easiest form, but it's not very comprehensive. So if you have your house wants to go to your two kids and you have just a will, well, it's going to be the probate court system that's going to um, establish where that goes through, and they'll use the will as a guideline. And I will say it's a guideline because it's not set in stone just because you put in the will that your two children get your house, it's not guaranteed because anybody can show up to the probate courts, which is what happens if you have just a will, and can test your estate and, and put up a good fight to say, this is why I'm deserving of some of that percentage as well. So that's the, a huge limitation of a will. It doesn't. It's not an entity, so it doesn't own assets. It's just your legal opinion. Whereas you look at what a, a trust does, a trust actually owns assets. It owns your house. It owns your cars. It owns your, your bank accounts. It owns you know, whatever you put into that trust. And so it's actually uh, the court systems don't take precedence over a trust because it's already been handled and you already designated who owns these assets uh, upon your passing. And it's actually held privately. It doesn't go through the probate system. So, But even having a trust uh, usually has a will with it. So that can, can be confusing. Like, well, if wills aren't the best thing to have. Why does a trust have a will? Well, the will that typically goes with a trust is called a pour over will, P-O-U-R. It pours all the personal possessions into the trust so the trust controls it. So a properly done trust will actually have a pour over will inside it that the trust actually controls. So it's it's a lot of pieces to it, but as you can hear, I'm leaning more towards having a trust because having a will could uh, be a messy, costly, and timely ordeal. So uh, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask you, but I think a lot of people just kind of assume that maybe trusts are just for money because you always kind of hear that being passed down yeah. and, and how and how you structure it to maybe pass it on to your kids, a certain amount of money at certain dates. But you can put all your assets into it then essentially, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's really not for people who just have a lot of money. It's, it's not a, a, a limit where you said, well, okay, you have over 750000 so you qualify for trust. No, I've, I've known people who don't even have a house who have put their have a, a trust because the whole purpose of having a trust is to make things simple for the people that you're leaving your assets behind to. It's to make to avoid probate um, is the main reason to make things simple and fast. And um, it's not about the money ordeal. A lot of times there's a lot of family dynamics that that are involved, and we've all seen it. We've all heard about it. So what if? Um, you know, family members like to fight, <laughs> or there's been somebody in a family that you haven't seen for 
10, 15 years and they pop out of the woodwork and they want part of that, a part of your estate. So, you know, with having a trust, you can actually put an omission, a section in there where you personally thought about this person and omit them out. And there's a reason why to have a trust. So you can't do that in a will. Wills are uh, openly talked about in probate court. My own grandfather's estate went through probate. This is already back in 2000 and. Uh, Three, I believe it was, when my grandfather had passed and we had to go through the whole probate process. He didn't even have a house, but he had enough assets to qualify for a formal probate. And then I had a, my old family member actually contest the estate because she wanted everything. <laughs> so it, it, it is a messy ordeal. So I personally have actually lived through a probate process and seen that this is something I don't want to leave behind to my family and uh, have my family ever have to go through again. Yeah, I've heard some some ne- some big negatives about the probate process. There's really not a lot of a lot of good that comes out of it. it seems like, and it's just be such a headache for people. Yeah, and actually, Ben, I had a we take continue education every year, and one of the classes. This is already six seven years ago. Um, that one of the teachers at the Kaplan School said, as an attorney says, I do probate. She goes, I've never done a probate court. This is already like seven years ago, maybe eight now. Um, I've never done a probate, taken a probate uh, client on that I've charged less than $25,000 per fee. Wow. So when you look at it, it's, it's a timely process. And you figure that's $300, $350 an hour today. What will that be in 20 years upon, you know, passing or, you know, could even be 10, but mm-hmm. let's just say 20 years or 30 years down the line, what is that cost going to be per hour then? $500, an hour, and you have to do that for a year to two years. Um, it could be shorter, but this is what I, people say, oh, probably it doesn't take that long. Well, I've heard <laughs> some t- take as long as five. I've seen some being as quick as six months. That's a quick one. Um, a lot of them are a year, year and a half. Yeah. And when we also have to look at with the baby boomers right now with 10,000 people turning 65 years old every day for over the next 10 years. What is that going to look like here in the next 15 to 25 years when there's going to be a lot more passing and there's going to be a lot more probates? They're not building any more (laughs) courthouses uh, to handle the situation. Things are going to be dragged out a lot longer than what we're seeing today. Well, you mentioned fees, so let's talk about that next, this aspect of it. Because obviously, I mean, trusts sound like the better option. So there's got to be a a little difference in costs and setting these up. So what does it cost to set up a will versus a trust? Yeah, what I'm hearing out there for you, and people try to do it themselves, you can actually go and get your own documents and get it notarized and try to do everything yourself. I'm not a big fan of that, of course. But uh, typically, you go to an attorney, you're going to get a will with some you know, living documents like power of attorney for health care and finances, probably going to cost you 800 to 1200 bucks. So just say right around $1,000 to do the will package. Now, if you're going to do the trust package, all depends on where you go as well. You can pay a la carte or you're going to pay by the hour. I recommend a lot of my clients, I usually I have a, a bunch of attorneys that specialize in this, and they'll do a flat fee pricing usually of like $1,800 all the way up to about $3,300. So depends on who you want to go with, um, depends on how complicated your estate is. It could be a little bit more. Now, if you have farmland and you have land in you know three states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Florida, or you know something like that, it's probably going to cost a little bit more and you might have more of a complicated issue as well. So um, I would say on average with a trust, you could count on 2,500 to three grand for the most part. 
People say, that's expensive. I said, give me a break. I said, you've been, how much you pay for homeowners policies every year? <laughs> how much you pay right. for car insurance every year? And I said, this is a one-time cost. Even if you paid three grand, this is one time that you, you're buttoning up your estate. And yeah, you might have to do some amendments maybe in five years or 10 years. You know, that might cost you $200, $300, but you're paying a lot of money for homeowner's insurance that you actually will never even get a claim out of. Uh, this is something that's guaranteed to pay out. So don't look at, at it from that. I say that's a poverty mindset. Don't look at it short-term minded because, yeah, you pay more money up front, but you're getting today's prices. Because if you do a will today at today's prices at roughly $1,000, you you actually have future prices also tacked on, which is probate. And if attorney fees, again, are $300 today or $350 an hour, they're going to be over double that here in 20, 25 years. So you're actually guaranteed to have future prices locked into your state as well. Gotcha. That makes sense. It's a good point. Well, we know that you have to work with an attorney in order to set up these these wills and trusts. So what role do you play in the process as a financial advisor when you're working with a client on this estate planning? Yeah, we're, we're right up the front. We tell people we do not do these documents. Uh, but we said this is an important topic to talk about because if we don't just at least refer you to somebody or a couple people because um, I don't as fiduciaries, we don't want your your children to come back and say, boy, you guys are fiduciaries, but you didn't direct us on my parents on what long-term care and life insurance and estate planning. I said, so we talk about all these topics for a reason. Now, when we refer out the, you know, to give information out to the attorneys uh, for, for the, the attorney's information to the clients, I should say, you know, at least we gave that out. If they don't do it, that's, that's on them, not on us. But at least we could document that we actually... Um, gave that information, document it, because we don't want that to come back and bite us as well, because we would say, we recommend you taking care of your state. If you don't do it, that's not our problem. And we don't want to be sued by your children at some later date, because we actually have a high fiduciary standard to, to do so. Gotcha. Well, it's an important topic, and I'm glad we spent some time kind of sorting some things out and providing some clarification on wills versus trust and what might be right for you. But you know, take this information and go sit down with someone and discuss it even further and figure out how you want to structure that estate plan because it is very important. You don't, definitely don't want to leave things to, to the probate process for your loved ones if you do have things you want to pass along. So if you want to get in touch with Mike to discuss this further, you can do so by connecting with him online at uh, principalpreservationservices.com where you can call him directly, 855-987-8888. We've got a time for uh, one mailbag question, Mike, so let's... Go ahead okay. and do that now. Um, again, if you have something, send it to us via the website. And we have a question from, from David, and this is kind of fits in with our topic today. But my father-in-law recently <clears throat> passed away and left us some money we weren't expecting. We don't need it, and we wanted to give it to our son who could really use it. But I'm nervous that it'll just blow it on a Camaro, and that will be the <laughs> end of it. Do you have any suggestions for how to handle the situation? Yeah. Um, don't give him the money. <laughs> um, open up an account or or you disperse it over time because you have to, you have to also let him fail. But, you know, whatever that number is, maybe it's $25,000, maybe it's more. I don't know. But um, you can do it in pieces. And, you know, you don't want them to blow it on, on the Camaro. And then you find out five years later they have nothing to show for it. So do it in pieces and say this is what we're going to do is maybe even going through a budget with your son. I don't know how old your uh, son really is, but to do a budget to find out, do you have debt? And you know, where would, where would grandpa really want you to be spending this money? Is, you know, so obviously getting rid of debt is, is huge, but also uh, let them maybe make some decisions 
um, early and maybe get a part of that. They don't tell them what the whole amount is. Um, give them a, a piece of that to see what they do. And they'll, as they get older, they'll regret it, not if they think that was all they're going to get and find out they wish they could have done something better with it over time. So maybe uh, you spread it out over you know 10 disbursements. Um, maybe five. I'm not sure. It depends on the maturity level of your children, but I think it's always wise to meter out those distributions over time. And maybe they'll blow it the first one or two. Maybe they'll use the next one for college. Maybe they'll use the next one for a down payment out of the house, but give them opportunity to fail and make those be learning moments that you can actually uh, spend time with them and make sure they do something better with it in the future. It's a good question, David. And uh, thanks for thinking out ahead and and trying to look out for your child and what's best for them. But yeah, definitely go get some more information and and sit down and try to lay out that plan and that process uh, for your, your kid and everybody will be happy. And it's a great situation to be in though. Uh, Mike, let's wrap it up on that note. Um, Again, if you ever have questions for us, send them in principal preservation services.com. You can listen to all of our past episodes there as well. Plus you can, uh, you get all the, all the information that Mike has up there, Uh, upcoming classes, seminars, he even has a webinar still on the, on the site as well. So a lot of great information there that you can visit. Mike, appreciate the time again. And and thanks for kind of breaking down the wills and trust for us. Hopefully everybody understands the importance of estate planning. Yeah. And I'll just reach out again. We're not attorneys, but if you have questions on this, Give us a call. Set up a time. Um, I actually worked alongside a state planning attorney for several years, and uh, they spent a lot of time educating myself to actually communicate this information at public seminars for the attorney. So um, we didn't do any documents. I didn't do any documents for them, but we actually have a lot of knowledge on the estate planning. Come on in. We'll, We'll discuss what's needed for you. So thanks for joining us on the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George. He's Mike Coyne. And hit subscribe for us. And we'll have a new episode next week. And we'll look forward to talking to you then. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.